0: Welcome, everyone, to the Sportsy Night Podcast. This is episode 17. Man, we have some interesting, great stuff coming up for you. Uh, we're going to start with some sad news, though. Uh, unfortunately, not all leagues can come back. Uh, I know we've said in episodes in the past, every single time we have an episode, it seemed like a new league was starting up or announcing something great. Unfortunately, this week, the CFL was not able to come and get a loan and that means we will not have a 2020 season in winnipeg in a hub city It's sad news Uh, i know here in saskatchewan anyways they love their rough riders i know other teams and fans are upset as well but looking forward to 2021 the season Uh, many teams have come out said don't worry we will be back because there were some implications or worry that money would be tight or some teams wouldn't be able to come back all that stuff don't worry we will be back reassuring fans that 2021 will be the season to attend a game so for all of you CFL fans I'm very sorry Uh, I'm a huge CFL fan very sorry that the season will not be happening Uh, virtual hug but we have a great season look forward to in 2021 and a great cup in the new stadium in hamilton so save your money save up to go maybe see a couple of games maybe an away game travel around canada go to the different stadiums it's a goal of mine to see a game in every single stadium so save up your money get uh, tickets and go see a game in 2021 the MLS has come back and they've started to play games now like we reported before the Canadian teams are playing each other uh, in Canada while the American teams are playing uh, all around in regular forms. so they're going around playing each other, and then they'll figure it out uh, in middle September, see what happens. So we have uh, games have been started. Toronto TFC is still in second place uh, after uh, beating Vancouver 3-0. The next game will be tomorrow, so you can find that on TSN. Uh, Also happening in Canada, anyways, we have the Island Games. So the CPL, the Canadian Premier League, has begun their bubble tournament and major implications like we said before because the winner of this tournament will play in the finals against the winner of uh, the MLS Canadian teams for the Canada Cup the Voyageurs Cup so games have started most teams have played at least two uh, and Calvary FC have just dominated so far with two wins one draw they're on the head of the table with seven points the top four teams after the round robin will advance to the semifinals, where the bottom four teams will be sent home. So, you can watch uh, if you get a membership to One Soccer, uh, or you can watch highlights and recaps on the uh, CPL website. So, it's canpl.ca and go to the game standings to find out how your team is doing. Uh, we'll be doing a deep dive uh, into the CPL, but if you don't know, so Calvary FC, we have the Forge FC, Valor FC, Pacific FC, York Nine FC, the Halifax Wanderers FC, Athletico Ottawa, and FC Edmonton. Uh, some of those have been, some of those teams have been around for a little bit. Others are brand new. So now's the time to get into the CPL as the league is expanding. And uh, again, in 2021, go see a game, go uh, help these Canadian leagues the CEBL also in 2021 uh, go out to these games they're great uh, Canadian content great international players have come uh, as well now's the time to go to those games we have uh, an exciting interview coming up very very soon about basketball uh, basketball has been in the bubble uh, we have our basketball expert, Keon. We have a huge conversation. goes very, very long. But before we get to Keon, we're going to get to some news that will unite us all. In this week's news that will unite us all, we have wonderful stories. Our first story is about Cal Ripken Jr. Now, for those of you who have been born after the year 2000 or don't really follow baseball for whatever reason, Cal Ripken Jr. was a player for the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, Who has a crazy record that? uh, Didn't think it would be broken what it was, but it's going to be a long long time uh, To break because the record before that stood for 56 years So Cal Ripken jr. Is best known for having the consecutive games played Which means didn't have an injury which is crazy didn't miss a game uh, sickness crazy his record is 2,632 consecutive games he played is an insane record before that Lou Gehrig for those of you who know Lou Gehrig as a sports figure uh, his record was 2,130 consecutive games and that record stood for 56 years so Cal Rickman Jr this record took him 16 years 2,632 uh, when you think about it, 162 games a season. So it takes a long time and it's going to take a lot of time for this record to be broken if it ever is So, uh, it came out that this year, Cal Ripken actually was diagnosed with prostate cancer and he was diagnosed in February, had surgery in March and has just come out announced that he has made a full recovery. What fantastic news as Cal Ripken is, uh, A wonderful baseball player and person, uh, and it's so good that he is uh, being able to be healthy now, especially as scary as prostate cancer is. So, uh, especially men, boys, uh, it's being serious, go to the doctor, go get diagnosed, go get checkups, Uh, don't be afraid of going to the doctor, because this is a scary cancer that happens to a majority of men, not 100%. Uh, But uh, these things can be scary. So Cal Ripken was diagnosed and right away had uh, surgery and has now been able to say that he's cancer free. Of course, you have to be careful after that and get checkup. But what a wonderful news, especially in 2020 when so much has happened and not on the good side. We need great stories like this. This is why uh, this new segment exists. News that will unite us all because sports unite us all and we need these good stories to help us unite us even more. So congratulations, Cal Ripon Jr. Way to go. Cancer-free. Those are the best words you could hear uh, in the world if you're in a situation like this. So congratulations. Now another story that has come out uh, that was featured uh, on uh, ESPN was on Twitter. A mother, uh, posted on Twitter that, uh, her son has a backpack and it has the name Jalen Hurt number two on it. Now, for those of you who don't know, Jalen Hurt is a football quarterback, uh, and, uh, well known. He played for, uh, Alabama and is going into his pro career. And she says that, uh, when everyone thinks that your kid's name is hashtag Jalen Hurt because he loves Jalen Hurt and had to have a backpack with his name on it hashtag boy mom something I could see my mom saying when I was a little kid if social media was around Uh, this got to Jalen Hurt himself and he replied with that's lit Alexander Uh, I had to get me a backpack with your name on it too (laughs) haha hashtag twins so in the photo Not only does it show the the mother with her kid's backpack with Jalen Hurt, but Jalen Hurt got a backpack with Alexander's name on it, same backpack. I think that is how you make a fan for life. That is how you conduct yourself, not only with social media, but as a, a young adult going into a professional career. That is how you gain fans. That is how you handle being an adult. This is how you make people enjoy communicating with athletes. This is how you just conduct yourself. This is how you make things better. You make people comfortable. You use your fame, your social media presence, your everything for good. This is what this podcast stands for. If I ever get into that stance where someone wants to meet me or is impressed by me, uh, that's all I could ask for is being able to do good. And that is what Jalen Hurd is doing right now. He is doing good, making a fan for life, making himself someone to look up to, a positive role model. Again, in 2020, this is what we need. So congratulations, you, sir, are the human being of the day. You get 10,000 imaginary points that I can give you, uh, and I tip my cap to you, uh, and you are what is making sports what people want that is what people want to hear the stories this is what helps unite people in sport is stories like this people in those sports who take fan interaction seriously and take whatever they can do to be a positive role model and show that it's okay to have a backpack with a person's name on it because that's how much you care about them and love them and are really big fans of them and to have that person just show acknowledgement Thanking that person and being like, you know what? No, I am thankful for you because I'm going to get my your name on my backpack because that's how much you mean to me. To have a kid know that, to have a mom who's going through this know that is just extra special and to be able to share it on social media just makes it that much easier to get a hold of and understand. So that was a long tangent to say that uh, Jalen Hurt, you... Are a very good human being and keep doing what you're doing and because we're in the middle of two gigantic playoff pushes we're gonna go through and let you know some of the outcomes uh, for the playoff series that are going on uh, as we talked to Alvaro last week uh, some playoff series have already ended and some have been able to continue on so Tampa Bay was able to defeat Columbus, uh, and they won four games to one. So they move on. Boston also was able to defeat Carolina. They move on four games to one. Colorado demolished Arizona. I'm so sorry, Paul a uh, Big fan of the Spit and Chicklets podcast. Uh, just drink some pink Whitney. I had some for you uh, the other day, uh, and Ra and all the guys. Uh, so sorry, but Colorado really showed. Their dominance against Arizona and are really in top, top form. They're a beast in the West. Montreal was able to stave off elimination, winning 5-3. So Philadelphia still leads 3-2, but they continue on. Vancouver was able to win their Game 5 and and lead 3 games to 2 going forward. Uh, Currently right now, Dallas is in the lead against Calgary 6-3. So Calgary's in trouble. If they lose, they're gone. So Dallas looks to clinch uh, their series tonight. New York Islanders wiped the floor with Washington. I don't know what happened, but Washington is golfing now. I guess people might say that's typical Washington these uh, this decade or last decade. Uh, so, uh, yeah, New York Islanders uh, continued to... Surprise, I guess in the East Uh, and on Friday's games we have Philadelphia Montreal and Vancouver and St. Louis so uh, Vancouver and Philadelphia looking to end their series and Dallas is looking hopefully to close out their series uh, Tonight Uh, so by tomorrow when you listen to this Dallas might be in the next round the NBA Speaking of the NBA, right after this recap, we have Keon coming up. But so far the recap, so Miami is playing Indiana, and they lead two games to none. Houston and uh, OKC, Houston leads two games to none. Orlando and Milwaukee. Orlando surprised Milwaukee uh, with a Game 1 win, but Milwaukee battled back, and that series is tied. Portland, again, shocked the Lakers, but uh, L.A. uh, handled them tonight and we're able to tie the series at one apiece. Toronto leads the Nets two games to none, and they play tomorrow, Friday. Uh, Denver and Utah are tied one apiece. The uh, What I'm dubbing the Altitude Series, I'm sure other people have uh, done it as well, but the Altitude Series uh, is tied one game uh, apiece. Boston and Philadelphia, Boston leads two games to none, and the Clippers and Dallas are tied at one apiece after Dallas won Uh, their game two matchup uh, the other night. And we're going to continue with the basketball talk. We have Keon, our basketball expert, coming on. Uh, You're going to hear about him, hear uh, his big thoughts about how basketball has evolved. So let's take it to this week's sports report. All right, welcome everyone to this week's sports report. Uh, You've been Asking for basketball. We are giving you basketball now. Uh, with us today is Keon. Now, he might sound a little bit like another guest we've had on. I assure you, they are different people, uh, somewhat related. One has more hair than the other. But uh, we have Kion uh, on our show this week. Thank you for joining us.
1: Uh, hey, man. Uh, thank you a lot for having me. Um, I appreciate the opportunity.
0: So, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: So uh, I'll keep it short. My name is Keon. I grew up playing sports uh, my entire life. Uh, I was very active in every sport. Uh, but I would say basketball is a sport that really, you know, caught, caught the, you know, my love. Uh, you know, after I was cut from the great five basketball team, that's when my uh, passion really grew. And uh, the rest is history from there. I currently work for a nonprofit organization, and we have about seven locations in Ottawa. And I oversee all the sports programs in between the locations. So I kind of get to do what I love. So I'm a very lucky person.
0: Living the dream. That's yes. uh, definitely so. What is your first memory of basketball? Uh,
1: I, I kind of touched on it, but to be honest, as you know, I came to, uh, I moved to Bayshore, and. Uh, I went to uh, school, grade five. I was still getting to know uh, new sports, obviously being where I'm from with my background, uh, you know, where we have soccer put in our blood from day one. Uh, I would say I was pretty good at soccer uh, for my age, but there was something about basketball that kept making me you know, leave the soccer field and go to the basketball court during recess. And like I mentioned, when I did get cut from the basketball team in grade five, that was kind of a challenge for myself. And uh, I started putting in uh, work in the the summer. And uh, I guess through the process of just working hard at something, you you fall in love with it. And uh, I think that's how it happened.
0: So uh, what would you say is the best team that you have played on?
1: uh i'm gonna be kind of biased it's kind of hard i would say it would be my last year of high school we did go 13 and 0 and we won the city championships uh i should say that same team also went uh, two and eight a couple of years back so it was a big accomplishment for us uh but if i was if we were talking strictly talent wise i did spend the summer playing for the eastern ontario development team and uh you know, we had some guys that were pretty talented there come down from Kingston and uh, such.
0: So uh, what is your take on how basketball has grown in Canada?
1: Uh, I think it's, uh, it's beautiful. Uh, it's nice to see more dominant Canadian players in the NBA. And obviously that attributes to, you know, basketball growing. The more younger kids see someone from their country succeeding at a higher level, it inspires them uh, to, you know, want to play the sport. Uh, we did really used to have only one relevant player in the NBA, like really big time. And I think now you could can find Canadian players all around the league who are playing significant roles on the teams. Uh, you have players like Jamal Murray, who's you know first playoff game against uh, against Utah overtime. You know that was his game. And uh, for a player to step up in the playoffs, that you got to be big time. Uh, and it's good because it creates more hotbeds in Canada. You have prep schools popping up like they're McDonald's all over the place right now. Uh, I'm not going to say that's necessarily the most healthy thing for players growing up where, you know with the growth rate of it, but it clearly puts a spotlight on that. This is the second sport in Canada officially.
0: So uh, do you think now is the time that Canada can kind of make its way from the tier two countries up into the tier one countries and play with the big boys?
1: So I want to say yes. But I do think we're going to remain, you know, somewhat in between the tier one and tier two. I think we're going to probably qualify for all the competitions, but I wouldn't necessarily say we'll do well. And uh, the two main reasons I have for that, one would be is that I think we struggle to get our big name players to participate. Right. You know, you have guys such as Tristan Thompson who, you know, who skipped Andrew Wiggins who would skip. And I know, you know, if I say Tristan Thompson, we all go, you know, it shows like if an American listens to this, we'll go just Cherson Thompson. But we don't have the pool that American players do. We can't not have you know they could not have Kevin Durant and still pick up Devin Booker. You know, <laughs> we for us justin Thompson is is a, is a big piece. So until our big names uh, step up, I'm not saying they don't all do it, but until you get everybody committed, uh, I think we're going to remain in that middle ground, uh, and also. To be honest, like, it's just the culture that we have. Uh, it's going to be hard to catch up with Spain uh, and a lot of European teams because their their process of uh, raising players is, you know, they have academies. Uh, Luca played two years of professional before he came to the NBA. So they have that professional uh, level building up from a very young age where, they, you know, their club team and structure is much different. And you could say the same thing about America, right? They have the AAU teams uh, – with a much more significant spotlight on development and such than we do. So they will always, I think, be ahead of us.
0: What do you think it would take for all the big-name Canadian players to commit? Do you think it's just uh, – is it just that they don't want to put in the effort or they're they're tired from their pro team? Or do you think that there's a coach or something, like Nick Nurse has taken over the – national team do you think uh, having a big name coach is going to entice more players to want to do those international tournaments and qualify they'll they'll show up for the olympics but the qualifying tournaments that canada has to go through because they're not a tier one team those players are kind of like i don't want to you know kind of play this weekend do you think having that infrastructure of coaching or culture will change their minds
1: Uh, I think the coaching will definitely help. It'll be an extra boost uh, because maybe those players will feel like they will actually develop much better. They're not going to be wasting their summer, you know. Um, Another problem we have is, like, you know, every other year or qualifying year, you have a lot of players going into contract years where, you know, they can't risk injury because, you know, as a Canadian player, you're most likely leading up to your first successful contract. So it's really your first real money making contract. And that's, you know, that's a tough one. You know, do you, do you take the risk and, you know, miss out on that big contract or not where, you know, for America, you're bringing, uh, you know, LeBron, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, who already have, you know, two, $300 million uh, in their, in their bank account. So the contract conversation is kind of fair. I get that. Uh, but, you know, other than that, definitely the coaching and uh I don't want to take any sh- shots at the players, but it's a little bit of your pride. Like you got to have you know, pride for your country. Like If you're an elite player, you can't say, oh, once they're better, I'll join them. You are going to help make them better. So some people will do whatever it takes to play for their country. We have Canadians in the NBA who do play, and there's some that don't. And for me, I've always been a hard uh, critic of that, that I just think you've got to have heart, and some of them I truly don't think they do.
0: Do you think it's a little bit better when a mega team like the U.S. loses?
1: Uh, absolutely. If we're talking about for the outside of the world, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <that's> <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, then you know, Canadian Canadian players can you know not go. Hey, why would we even play when you know America's going to dominate? You know, I'm uh, I'm risking injury for nothing. They can go. Whoa, you know, like the you know the the. The Kings can be knocked down. There's, there, there's possibility. You look at the growth, and I think that could convince some players. They may not see it as a waste of a summer.
0: So we're going to switch gears uh, and talk about the NBA, which Oops. is uh, the league known worldwide. There are leagues in Europe. Uh, there's a new league in Canada and lots of different leagues around the world. But the NBA, what makes the NBA that much more riveting to watch for worldwide viewers, because it's a global game now?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's just that, uh, the talent of uh, level of players we have. Uh, the best of the world will leave their country to come and play in America. Uh, I don't know at what point in the history of uh, the world the America became like uh, the country to select uh, as the, you know, the pool where everybody comes. But you look at you know, some of the top players in Europe, they're not playing in Europe they're playing in America. So you look at uh, the Greek freak, all these guys, they come over here. So if your best players are coming here, the top talent in the world is here, the, uh, the marketing, the marketing side of uh, the NBA is out of this world compared to uh, you know Europe or anywhere else. So I think we just follow the talent and it's just, it's just how we, it's just how it goes. The same way I should say that Soccer is way more popular in Europe than it is, you know, compared to the MLS. We, I think we you know, a lot of people follow the talent.
0: I think uh, this year's draft, uh, they're talking about how international the 2020 NBA draft is. So I think that just goes to show you that some players are able to not come to the NCAA uh, and do the one year minimum if they so choose or develop their, if they have to develop and do the four years or five uh, but I think some players are you know taking a look at the balls. So they went over and played in Europe for a couple of years didn't do the NCAA and now projected to be a top three pick this year and then there's a kid out of Israel who's projected to yeah. be top five so it's this year I think we'll see lots of different international players being drafted so what do you think is the best way to describe how the NBA has changed in the past decade? Uh,
1: if I had to put it in one word, I would say pace. The pace of the game has significantly changed. If you look at uh, the early 2000s, mid-2000s Phoenix Suns, the seven seconds or less offense with, uh, with that team, they were prob- at that time we were going, whoa, what is going on with this team? The pace they're playing at, the field goal attempts. And I saw a stat somewhere. If you were to take their pace and put it in the modern NBA, I think they're in the bottom three of all the teams in the NBA at the current rate that we're going at. And that kind of comes to uh, the discussion sometimes, you know, when you talk about uh, – you compare players from different eras. Uh, I, I like to take into consideration that, you know – the stats could be a little inflated because of the pace of the game that's changed. There's more possessions. And of course, you're going to average more points, more assists. So you got to consider that they were playing with uh, lower possessions per game back then compared to now. So yeah, the the one word I would put is definitely pace, 100%.
0: How do you think the NBA has changed uh, how it is viewed? So the viewership, of course, has become a global uh, viewership now. So how do you think the NBA has uh, been able to change and flow with its changing in viewership and countries and demographics?
1: Uh, I think one thing that the NBA does better in any league is, uh, especially with Adam Silver, to be honest, is he's, he's open to trying new things and adapting uh, rules, for example, right? So uh, we got that new 14-second shot clock off the offensive rebound. That's taken strictly from the European game. Uh, the European basketball game is, a. I found, you know, if you go back five, six years, it flows much better than an American game. Uh, there are timeout rules to end the game, the offensive rebound. Uh, and m- maybe that does attract some different viewers that you weren't originally. Maybe they thought basketball was too slow. Sometimes it is frustrating to watch the game. You know, when there's 30 seconds left. And both teams have like two timeouts. And it, and becomes it takes like... 15
0: minutes to do a 30 set. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, and I think they're going to continually adapt that uh, and keep moving forward with that. But I think that's the biggest thing with Adam Silver. He's constantly making the game faster, more viewer friendly to watch. And uh, he is open to, to changes. There's many ideas that he currently, he currently has implemented in the NBA that I think came from uh, uh, a lot of fans. And not fans, but you know, like discussions online. For example, you could look at um, uh, what is it? He he currently uh, he's flirting with the idea of the coaches' challenge. You know, he's been trying that out, uh, uh, the all-star format. Uh, we we both know the all-star game kind of died a few years ago mm-hmm. uh, when when the guys like Shaq and Vince Carter kind of left it. And we were just watching this. What is this? And then you know now he does the draft. The first year it wasn't televised. Now he televises it because of the complaint. You know, everyone's like, let us let us watch it. So you could see that he's listening to the demand and he's adjusting to it, where I think a lot of other uh, commissioners don't adjust.
0: So, so one of the unique things we've seen from the bubble is that if a ninth-place team was able to get within four games of the eighth-place team, they would play a play-in series, kind of like a, a wild card, what kind of baseball added, but it's, not, it's more exciting than that do you think uh, that we see that change go forward into the coming seasons uh, for that added excitement uh, or do you think that's kind of just a bubble only experience?
1: I think it's a bubble only experience, but I would like it to be added as a thing going forward. And I like the fact that the team that's in the ninth seed has to win two games. Mm -hmm. just to, you know, kind of say, Hey, there's a difference between eighth and ninth. Uh, But you know, like, it it would kind of encourage teams. I'm not saying it would fully fix the tanking problem, Mm. but you know, like for example, you look at Phoenix. They they could have just said, "Hey, come and let's go. Let's go 0 and 8, and let's get a
0: You mean the Washington Wizards model?
1: Yeah, there you go. (laughs) So they could have came in and kind of said that, but they said, hey, if we just move up to the the ninth seed, we have hope. So you gave those 10 – like when you're looking at the teams in the 10th, 11th seed, you're giving them a reason to keep playing. Even the eighth seed seems too far rather than going, let's just, you know, let's just rest all the starters. Let's see how high we can get in the draft. I don't think you could always fix tanking, but it might help with one team. You know, and uh, by the way, I'm really upset. It wasn't a uh, Portland uh, Phoenix. Uh, oh, today. I was
0: I was watching that last Memphis game so bad, and when they started to pull away, I was find myself yelling. I was
1: like, "No!" Yeah. Every time they scored, I was like, "No!" Because well, the Portland game was crazy too. The Portland uh,
0: game, but Memphis yeah. didn't deserve it at all, and you it showed in that eight versus nine. They, they clearly weren't in it. They were done already.
1: Well, they lost their, uh, you could say, their, most, their second best player in Jaron Jackson. So, you know, not only are they young, you, you pretty much have a one-weapon team. I, what, the, sec- the second best player f- from the eye test on that team was looking like <laughs> Dylan Brooks. Nothing against him. Great Canadian player. But, you know, if you're going to go in the playoffs, you know, Dylan Brooks can't be your second best player. No. So why does the,
0: quote, superstar model works so well with basketball, but has not translated to other sports?
1: Uh, I think it's just the size of the sport. Uh, You know, you look at football, how many guys you might have a team and on the field. Uh, And also to add, football players are very like covered with helmets. So it doesn't give you that familiar face. Uh, Soccer is a big sport as well. I think basketball is just the right amount of players on the court and the court is just small enough, and your body is so exposed, you can see everything from their tattoos, from their shoes, to their face. So that superstar connection really works. Like, I'm looking at it in the, in the sense of, like, uh, like, say I'm a, I'm a young kid, and I constantly see LeBron's face on my screen, you know. And he's obviously so popular, you're going to keep saying his name. And I'm going to grow up knowing who LeBron is rather than, you, you look at a quarterback in the NFL who's covered. I will never be able to recognize him outside of his helmet, probably. So it's one of those things where you could—it's kind, of, kind of implemented into a kid's uh, a kid's uh, mind growing up. Like I work with uh, younger kids from ages six to eighteen, and once Curry—you know—that like Curry was having that crazy MVP run. That's all you heard: Instagram, Curry, 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 pictures of Curry. Uh, uh, when you're watching the game, Curry for three, Curry for three, and you could see his face, his shoes, his brand. I go to work. What do I see? Kids can't even shoot from the free throw line, but they're standing at half court going curvy, <laughs> trying to throw the ball. Right. It's I think it's so much easier to connect with them being that there's only 10 guys on the court. It's just, it's much easier.
0: I never thought about that. That's, that's a great point. The, the visualization, the, the access to jerseys and social media, just they've exactly. really taken to it. Uh, it. It's essentially a brand within a brand. Definitely. Do you think uh, that there was another factor uh, for Canada falling in love with basketball besides Vince Carter? Or was he the kind of kindling to the flame that Canada needed to jumpstart a love of the
1: sport? I think he was definitely the flame, 100%. Maybe I'm being biased uh, because I am a Vince Carter fan myself. But I'm not saying Toronto would have lost their team. I think the city was big enough to maintain it. Uh, but I think here's the thing with Toronto or the Raptors, I should say. He jump-started it and he is like, even this championship they won, you need to give credit to Vince Carter. He, he kept them relevant. And then we were lucky to always have somebody to keep us just relevant enough. So, you know, the Chris Bosch days, you weren't contenders, but you knew you were in the playoffs or there was something to hope for. There was an emotion to feel. Okay, we made the eighth seed or the seventh seed, maybe next year the sixth. You know, you, you're just doing enough to keep your fans uh, – because if your fans are emotional, they're invested. Whether they're angry or they're happy, they're invested. <laughs> you, you don't want to be a Sacramento fan. there's there's no emotion you know because you know your team's not going anywhere ever at this point and how many years has it been so and then came the rosen kept with lowry kept us relevant enough we got lucky eventually led to a championship but uh vince car definitely started it but i think there's a train of guys that helped keep the team relevant and never fall to that you know bottom of the east eastern conference this team has no hope for the next five years uh you know, I remember being able to watch the Chris Bosch team play versus uh, New Jersey in the playoffs. Um, you know, you knew that Chris Bosch team wasn't going to win a championship, but there was, there was an emotion to feel when they won each game. Oh, my God. Okay, we did it. Okay. Now what's going to happen next year? Uh, and a lot of random players became household names. Like, what is it? Jorge Hosa Oh, Hosa <laughs> uh, Anthony Parker, Jamario Moon. You know, guys who, like, I don't think you'd ever hear about otherwise. We're just uh, we're just became household names.
0: <laughs> I think that that kind of when Canada embraced the "We the North" slogan. When they, oh. I think that was the smartest marketing thing a team could have done. But even before that, we essentially Canada knew those names like Calderon, uh, all just the the names you know the junkyard dog. People hardly knew him in the States, but he was a household name. He's still on TV in Canada to this day because we know him as the Junkyard Dog. He was a kind of a role player, didn't really impact too much, but we embraced that. So I think those, those players really kind of helped build that We the North and what it's rolled into today with the fans and kind of Canada embracing the team. Now, I'll leave you with this. What or how long until another team comes to Canada? Oh man it's a loaded question I know.
1: Yeah, its just because you want to look at it as like uh it's because there's so much business behind it uh, like Seattle Seattle's up next. I don't think there's a doubt about that personally
0: Well uh, they're getting a new they're getting their arena revamped for the hockey team, yeah. so I, I – yeah, they missed the Supersonics, for sure. Yeah, yeah,
1: I think they're next. I don't believe Vegas will get a team. I'm, I'm pretty confident in that. Uh, other than Seattle, I don't see why, you know, they don't come back to maybe Vancouver or something. I
0: think Vancouver got the short end of the stick. I think they pulled, they got scared. And I mean, obviously with the dollar, like you said, the business stuff. It, But I think with Seattle there, And Seattle was kind of on the downturn as well around that time. Uh, They weren't taken as seriously and then moved. So I think Vancouver and Seattle, just like in hockey, could bring an interesting uh, dynamic. I also think Vancouver should get a baseball team. That's obviously another discussion. But baseball is big out there. Um, Basketball too because they get less snow out of anywhere in Canada. So you can play outdoor longer. So I think people take advantage of that playing baseball and basketball outside. Uh, so I think the culture is there and if having it's... a rivalry like Ottawa, Toronto and hockey. If you, you, the minute you put a rivalry, fans get invested. So I think you, you build the fan base.
1: And I think like, if it's ever a time, it's probably like now-ish or soonish, just because of you need to go off the, the success of, of the Raptors. Be- Only because the biggest fear is how do you attract, how do you make this team a successful team? How Mm -hmm. do you attract players to leave America and come play up north? uh, You know, because they're making less money, I think, with the taxes. Our taxes are a little bit hard. Well, that was the
0: argument always was it's cold. It's bitterly cold in in Canada in January, February. And if your team's not so good, it's not very fun. And the taxes in Ontario, at least, uh, you know, make you – make less so you really had to want to go to toronto
1: yeah and i think toronto kind of built uh, like they showed that they could be successful and i think one thing that's gonna make if that happens they should thank toronto Is a lot of uh, hall of fame players like charles barkley and players who've played there and the all-star game they constantly say the fan base i love being there uh so if they, do get, if they do get a team and a player does decide to come, I think it's going to be a team that's going to like having a whole country behind them. And, uh, you know, there's only rare teams with those type of fan bases. I would say it's OKC. Uh, you know, Portland has a good fan base. And then uh, I think Toronto has a great, probably the best fan base because it's a whole country.
0: I mean, what's more enticing than having a whole country
1: scream your name? I mean, just why, she, my ego well, is Leonard, like, yeah. Leonard left. I'm... Uh, I know he was going home, 100%. I get that. That but, was, yeah. But, you know, uh, you well, you look at it now. Obviously, like, at the beginning of the season, a lot of people like Clippers are winning the whole thing. But you're looking at it now and the way the Raptors have bl- still blossomed without Kawhi, it makes you wonder if in the back of his head, he's like, you know, uh, mm-hmm. could have had, a, you know, a easy finals trip.
0: Uh, you, you get that. You <laughs> want to win the... The you know the championship with the home team Lebron did that same thing, you know you have that in the back of your head. You want to go home and win it for the home team, but I mean having a whole country behind you that's it's hard to leave. I, I should I, hope that it was hard for him.
1: I have a question for you actually, uh, if you don't mind, is percentage wise, how likely do you think the Raptors are to have a shot at uh, getting Giannis? and the free agency. Let's assume the Bucks don't make the finals. They lose in the Eastern Conference finals.
0: I think if they lose again to Toronto, because it's next summer. Right yeah. with with every or whatever the new time frame is for yeah. a free. I think agent.
1: it's the twenty twenty one free agency. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So whenever that starts next, who <laughs> could be December twenty twenty one? Now who knows? Yeah, but, oh, that's true. <laughs> but if they lose, uh, I do mean, do you think
1: they have a shot? Do you think he would come to Toronto?
0: Yes, I yeah. I because Milwaukee is a smaller community. Um. And he, you know, every time he goes, I know the Greek community in Toronto always buys so many tickets, and they always cheer for him. So he has that. I mean, obviously, built-in fan base from his country in a new country. Uh, maybe you know Canada's welcoming. I I want to say, I want to say at least a one in four shot. It at and least having Masai be, is
1: going to help. Messiah is going to be a big piece in that. Absolutely.
0: I think, well, the, you know, the fan base, you know, like the country, he would be the next, like the next big player. And you see how successful they are now. Imagine adding him, like it's the East is going to be crazy for them to pick off.
1: Okay. uh, Just a follow-up question. I know, I know you're supposed to ask the questions. Um, is the is Van Lee's contract up this summer? Do you know? It might be. Okay, let's just say for the sake of this question it is. Do you match, uh, do you pay him a lot of money that you think a garbage team is going to pay him knowing that might hinder your chances of Giannis? Or do you gamble and let him walk to that horrible team with the big contract to save that cap for Giannis?
0: I would say offer him not a, Crazy amount. Uh, I think he's pretty level headed. I think he knows he's not uh, from what I've seen, you know, he's bet on himself so much. So maybe that betting, but he seems pretty level headed to know what he's worth. So I don't see him asking for a crazy amount. But if he does ask for a crazy amount, I think you tell him, Thank you very much for your services. You've become loved. This is what we're offering. You know the fan base loves you. You know the country loves you. We have adopted you. This is what comes with X amount of dollars that we're offering you. If you want to go down to Miami and live on the beach and make that much more, then we wish you good luck. Um, but we're here, and we're going to continue to win and exceed in the East.
1: Okay, fair enough. That's a good pick. All I, right, I'll, back to you, you I could,
0: uh, I, th- I think that's kind of what you have to manage especially with the 2021 free agency class if you want to add a player that's available you have to they would have a number obviously that they would be comfortable giving someone like Giannis so you go trickle down from there and yeah. see what's available
1: man Pascal and him with some uh, role players that's exactly uh, That's scary so when the
0: season finished off or shut down in March, uh, yeah. did you think that it would resume?
1: Uh, no. Uh, I just didn't see it being uh, worth it. Uh, like, obviously, I, you know, I'm, I love sports, but not at the risk. Not Like, I didn't know the concept of the bubble back then, you know, when it first happened. We didn't know the bubble was possible. We didn't know the bubble would, would even work. Mm-hmm. Now it's different, but taking myself back to then, why are we putting all these, you know, professional athletes, uh, families, you don't know who has a baby at home, who has a a mom living with them. And to me, that made no sense. It was, let's just, if we're, instead of limping through this COVID, let's just shut it down and come back fully loaded. That's how I looked at it. Uh, you know, I don't want to get into American politics. They're, they're taking it <laughs> in general, but, you know, I did not think they're going to come back. No.
0: So, I think it's pretty common knowledge that uh, NHL starts uh, early October uh, around Canadian Thanksgiving or just before and then they have that month and then basketball usually starts around close to Halloween or into November but no one kind of pays attention for those first 10-15 games until you get to the Christmas games do you think this break now and this the scrambling of moving on do you think this allows the nba to contemplate the shift to begin play around at least starting maybe american thanksgiving when people started to pay attention and you know they can go into june and maybe july uh, and finish right before maybe the every four years the summer olympics because, uh, I mean, no one's watching July baseball, especially now when they're in yeah. the, the trash can. <laughs> but even before, no one was watching July baseball. Yeah. So, you know, hockey ends in beginning of June. So they would have all of June and all of July to themselves. Do you think they are contemplating or at least having the possibility of starting around end of November, December?
1: Uh I think so, to be honest. Yeah. And uh, it does, I, I also think it depends on uh, like even the current viewership right now. Uh, it's, it's honestly, it's all about money at the end of the day. It's, it's a business decision. Uh, I was going to bring up the whole uh, Olympics and such, and if that doesn't get too tangled up with their schedule. But to your point of the games, people not focusing in for the first 15, 20 games, I think no matter when you start, that, 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 that will happen. Because you know the even when you listen to these uh, guys on TV, you know the a team starts uh, four and ten, you know all the Hall of Famers. Yeah, it's just the first fifteen games of the season. Uh, don't worry, once it's the second half, you know they're gonna step up. So I think it's a it's a it's a mental thing for the players of when to really. There's there's still gonna be an All Star game, so they're gonna say after the All Star break mm-hmm. that this team's gonna churn it up a notch. So I think that concept will exist no matter what. Uh, but other than that, I, you know, the money is going to speak. If it, it makes, if it makes sense financially and uh, for TV and ratings, they'll do it.
0: Yeah, the only thing they'd have to compete with would be, uh, you know, college football is coming to the end with those, the bowl games and national championships, which usually happen around Christmas and New Year's, that Christmas break from school. But, uh, and then there's college basketball. Uh, college basketball usually starts a little bit after the NBA because they want their own, hey, look at us, we're starting again. Uh, what is it about college basketball that makes it so riveting for fans to watch? And do you think it's a, it's a different sensibility than watching the NBA?
1: Yeah, I think it's the reason it's so crazy is like a lot of these people, you know, people who go to the games, uh, the fans, it's school spirit. A lot of us have school spirit and we don't even, like, we don't even have like, uh, major teams. It's, it's more the fact that I could see this superstar or this big-time player killing it on the court, and then I could see him the next day in my class or walking around campus. So you have a different connection. You know. Like, uh, I would be so much more excited to watch uh, an NBA player play if I knew I was seeing him every other day. Like, you feel like you're a part of his, or that team, a part of their, their progress. You think when they do well, you're doing well, just because you're around them on campus, uh, I think. And also, there's no, there's no secret that players in college basketball play so much harder. Like, I say that in the most respectful way towards the NBA professionals. But the NBA, what you, once you've reached it, it's, it's, a, it's, you know, it's somewhat entertainment now. You're an entertainer. Where in college, you're, you're trying to get to the NBA. You're trying to make those big bucks. Uh, you actually have, like, you play defense because you may not be able to outscore the other team. There's a different thing. We're in the NBA, Terrence Ross scored 54 at one point. You know, you know somebody in your team is going to get buckets, you know, that each defensive possession isn't as important. Because, yeah, we could get those two points back. Um, and, you know, there's something, there's something with, you know, a no-name school with no, no big-time player just being able to upset someone. There's nothing, uh, I think, crazier than that.
0: No, and that's what makes, I think the March Madness Tournament adds that extra little bit to the college basketball is, you know, not many people who watch, uh, you know, college basketball, they'll, they'll watch a, the occasional game. There's, there's a select few fans, uh, unless you go to that school or you're a booster, you attend every game, who watch every single game. And then their, you know, conference tournaments and then leading into March Madness. But when it comes time to those conference championships and everyone's about to make their bracket for March Madness, that's when people yeah. are are like, All right, this uh UMass is playing uh you know Boston College uh Providence. You know, school you've never you're like, Well, cool, they yeah. have a campus and they that school has three basketball teams. How is that possible? And they just it just makes and then you said the upsets that's what people watch for
1: absolutely we love those stories um and i think that's the thing right like some of the, like you said some of the schools we've never even heard of ever you know when you look at professional sports you know everyone on the teams are professional you've heard of every team in the sport you watch so you're not gonna caught off guard like whoa who are they you're not gonna get that little mystery, you know, who are these guys? Whoa, how are they pulling this off? And we all love rooting for the underdog out of nowhere. So, unless it's your team getting upset.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and of course, the margin, there's the business sense too. If this unnamed school wins a, yeah. a first round or a second round, makes it to, you know, the sweet 16, survive a weekend and be talked about all week, they might lose in the sweet 16 or, you know, that next weekend. But you're going to have people be like, oh, I haven't heard that school. And they might enroll. And as we've seen with college football, with the discussion, should they play, shouldn't they play, player safety, you know, the discussion is now, oh, well, if some schools don't play, they're not going to be making X amount of dollars for the school. So now it's just basically a athletic program that just, you know, does education on the side. Because they make millions upon millions of dollars from their football and basketball program, which yeah. pays for everything else. So it it's very much a business uh, into it. Flipping over to Canada, not so much a business. We're very much a student athlete. When we say student athlete, we really mean student first. Uh, do you think college Canadian college basketball has grown in popularity?
1: Yeah, it's definitely growing in popularity, um, and you know you can tell with the talent level is even is even higher. You know, you you have some players who choose to stay in Canada. I'm not saying they're giving up, you know, high D1 offers, <laughs> but they're giving up some sort of American offer, which you know you go back ten years is like it's like gold. Uh, the talent level has gone up. Uh, it's just it, it's so much better. I think the country is more behind it. The final eight has become a a bigger a bigger event. Uh, bigger venues, uh, more, uh, you know, uh, TV time. Uh, So I think that's really cool. And it shows with the American schools that come down and actually playoffs in the the summer. Uh, You know, sure, Kentucky's not coming, but somebody's coming. And that wasn't happening at one point. So it's definitely progress. You know, you have Americans wanting to come down and play against us. So I think that's pretty cool.
0: Do you think uh, the, at least winner of the uh, final eight tournament, get a spot in March Madness?
1: So I will like – okay, so I want that to happen, absolutely. Uh, I'm not even going to ask for a lot. I'm not going to say give us a six. – I'm not even going to say give us like a, uh, you know, a seventh or eighth seed. Let us play in for the 16th seed.
0: Yes, I like that. You
1: know, give us one game against a team, you know, one of those random teams. You know how there's those play-in games uh, right before uh, March? Give us just one game against somebody. That's all we ask for. Test it out for two, three years. It doesn't work. Leave it. That, and that's why I'm saying this is why the NBA is so, is so much better for viewership. You know, they, they listen to what people are talking about. Because if you want to look in a business sense, that one game, you're going to have a whole country watching that one game. And if that team advances, you're going to have a whole country watch every single game of that team. So if you want to talk about TV viewers and ratings, it, it makes sense i just' don't, I don't know if there's something on the business aspect of the canadian American thing i don't know i don't know why it hasn't happened. It just seems like the obvious answer. Give us a sixteen seat i
0: you know Carlton usually goes down and plays American schools uh, and usually wins a majority of their games now, like you said, they're not playing the Dukes or the North Carolinas or the Kentuckys, but they're playing the, the Clemsons, uh the you know uh, Illinois is the so teams that are regularly in the March Madness and beating them. So, you know, for those of you who don't know, Carleton University uh, has been since the year 2000 has been the most dominant basketball school in uh, Canadian history. Uh, and they have won i 15 national championships or 16 in the past 19 years. Um, so, they have uh they have been dominant uh do you think that domination has helped or hurt uh u
1: sports i think until we get that play in game it's it, it, i think maybe it hurt us a little bit like in in the sense of looking at it from an american side mm-hmm. the the concept of them is oh the teams there are so bad that look one team is just dominating for 15 years uh but they, you know, once you live here, you understand how good Ottawa U is getting, uh, how good Calgary is. Calgary you know, how-
0: Ryerson,
1: yeah, all they're of all, them. Yeah. So they don't, because they, they're not obviously they're not they don't understand in that, but they're not invested like that. So if you're looking at it like that, but once we get that opportunity, and Carlton or that team gets that first win, you know, I don't know what it's gonna happen. Then it's like okay, you know, teams up north are pretty nice, and we have. Uh, I don't know them by name, but I know some Carlton players that, that have left to America and have come back to finish their eligibility playing basketball here. So clearly, that should say something. We have players that can compete on the American side and compete on at this level. Uh, and, you know, it shows you the level of basketball is high.
0: So uh, recently, in the so last year was the first year, so uh, Canada uh, has had professional Uh, leagues in the past but uh, this new one so the Canadian Elite Basketball League uh, has seven teams now Um, do you think uh, this league will be successful?
1: Uh, I think it will be Uh, and it's I don't want to give all the credit to to the Raptors but I just think it is such a fast growing sport That like and especially with the winning now, you have more maybe more kids even trying to sign up to play basketball from a young age. So the viewership will go up. I know that league wasn't covered by some major sports uh, channels. I forget who they are, which is a huge issue. I think if you if you're a Canadian sports channel, I don't know how you don't cover your own Canadian league. Uh, That makes no sense. But I think it will be successful. Some of the players we had are you know you had Oliver play for Ottawa. And he's someone that was playing up in the G League. Um, uh, you have a lot of players who've played G League or, you know, they're playing overseas. You have many professional athletes. So I think it will be successful.
0: Well, and that's the thing. They've grown. So now they're, they're at seven. So Ottawa added uh, a team this year. Uh, and uh, we had an, there was a new champion. At the, they played a bubble tournament as well. So four of the teams are in Ontario uh but then you have one here in Saskatchewan, uh you have uh, BC, Alberta as well. Uh so the only one that's missing is from Quebec uh East uh and in Manitoba. Uh but I think that's a it's a stepping stone. And uh they just actually signed a deal uh where all games will be broadcast on CBC. Oh okay. So uh I, I think they will be start to be covered at least or highlights uh on like Sportsnet and TSN uh, but CBC is so accessible to anyone. You don't have to have a, a TV login. You can just watch it online or on TV. Uh, so that was supposed to start this year. They played the, the tournament, uh, but I think going forward, that's going to help them grow because it, you know, the raptor everyone's at least had some airtime on CBC uh, before it's gotten picked up and then money gets involved. But the Raptors used to be on CBC. Uh, you know, hockey is a staple. Uh, baseball used to be always on CBC I remember my grandparents uh, you know August afternoon watching Toronto on CBC because they only had three channels and they were just like oh with the rabbit ears trying not to get it fuzzy so I think it's good for a a growing league to to have a a platform like that to make it accessible for for not just uh, people with a cable package but anyone And they also have now a U sports draft. So uh, they are drafting players out of uh, the Canadian college basketball system, which hasn't really happened in a while too. You have that with the CFL. uh, But other than that, there was no other sport in the U sport who where kids could really get drafted. And now they have that and the Canadian premier league. So in soccer as well. So I think, U sports is becoming more relevant and kids are actually seeing that as a, if they want to pursue sports, they don't have to go down to the States and play in the NCAA, which I think is the best case scenario for U sports to grow. Absolutely. So uh, that's, uh, we've gone through a lot. (laughs) Uh, uh, Do you have uh, anything to plug? Do you want to shout out anything?
1: Uh, I just want to ask you a quick question before you go. Uh, did you watch the, the draft lottery? I did. Uh, and, oh, yes, uh, the draft lottery. Yes, it happened today. That, based on the teams that you are, let me ask you quickly, who Who are your top three picks for the Wolves, Warriors, and Hornets? I know.
0: You know, I mean, Minnesota's in an interesting position right now because you have uh d'angelo you have all these you have the talent that's there yeah um do you go with i feel like anthony edwards is the safe pick it's like the 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 pick that you expect so if they go
1: with that you think it's the perfect fit though considering they have the ball handler they have the big man they just need that wing you know shooting guard wing player I uh, I don't think it's
0: the right pick, but I I mean it's two months away, so it might change. But I think looking at it, but I mean,
1: if you're the Wolves, who are you taking? See, if you go Lamello, you have
0: to put in a like a clause that you know the family drama just stays behind because. <laughs> That, that just killed everything in L.A.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: but I think, I mean, he's learned two years in Europe. He's played, like... So, uh, I think if... But see, if they don't pick him, does Golden State pick him? Or I've heard Golden State might shop the number two.
1: If I'm Golden State, believe it or not, I'm going... And I know some mock drafts have a much lower... But I'm going Wiseman.
0: Uh, Wiseman, yeah. He's – because, yeah, I mean, if why he, not?
1: He got, obviously, he got suspended, so he didn't get to show his talents. But I think his potential as a seven-foot big with his ability is, uh, would put that team through the roof. One through five, that team would be, would be talented at all positions.
0: Now, do, oh, you, do you see – do you actually see Golden State – uh, selling the number two pick for two or one and a draft pick.
1: Yeah, I, well, I mean, I because considering who they're bringing back next year, like injury free and everything, I I would be looking at somehow getting two decent like role players. That's how I look at it. Like I think they got, but then I don't know about Draymond Green, like. <laughs> I have a hard time believing he's a good player, but he is a good player. It's like, it's, it's so tough.
0: Yeah. He's, uh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, kudos to, to Chicago and Charlotte moving up. Uh, yeah. Charlotte to into the top the four. Thing. So the thing about the NBA draft is, uh, as opposed to the NHL is they do uh, a top four instead of a top three, which the NHL does. So, Uh, I I was happy to see the Knicks move down because I wish them nothing but misfortune.
1: With that owner?
0: Oh, Absolutely. um, I mean, Cleveland was also the unfortunate loser to move down to the fifth uh, spot. But, you know, I'm happy to see too, uh, Killian Hayes, uh, the guard uh, out of uh, Israel. Uh, He could, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you got a 6'5 point guard. Uh, You know, you can can never go too wrong with that.
0: And I think the European game, too, there's a lot more finesse to it.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's less
0: showy, but there's a lot more skill and passing and plays and setting stuff up. So I think that that teaches something that the NCAA and NBA hasn't been able to teach yet. So I and Lamelo might really have benefited that from two years because I think he's kind of grown up more than he was living with his dad and the drama that came with being in that family for the for couple of years. Uh, yeah, so he just I, needs to
1: shut up. His dad just needs to just shut yes. up and just yeah let let them do their thing at this point.
0: He he was the worst part, worst thing to happen to those brothers. <laughs> And there's still one it's, more to go. There's still one more to come.
1: It's tough, though, because, like, a lot of people go, oh, like, he's just a father, you know, who's in his kids' lives. And there's, there's an extent to it, you know? Like...
0: When you come out with a shoe that is garbage and charge that much for a shoe, and you can tell that the kids, while their name is attached to it, it's not really. It's the father living through yeah. the three kids' Because he and if you hear, listen to interviews, I've listened to and it's, it's, it's just so funny. Like part of it is they're like goading him and they're like agreeing with him. But because it's so ridiculous. Like yeah. him, he, him saying that he could have taken MJ what? in a one on one. Like, when I heard that, I honestly, that's the loudest I've laughed listening to a podcast. I was in the
1: shower. And I laughed so hard that it echoed everywhere. Yeah, I, I hated that they gave him the TV time, but it got ratings because everybody was wondering what crazy thing he's going to say next. Exactly. And, that's the... and, and to go on the shoes, uh, it's, it's crazy. You, you're pretty much uh, exploiting your kids because even Lonzo came out and said, he's like, I would have to change shoes at halftime, I think it was, because they would keep ripping. Yeah, they were garbage. <laughs> oh, what a time we've lived through. Some interesting characters. Oh, so many interesting characters.
0: Uh, and I guess finally, what were your thoughts on uh, The Last Dance?
1: Um, I think it was, really, it was really nice to see uh, from that lens, especially for someone like me where, you know, I could watch all the MJ games I want, but I'll, I was never old enough necessarily to experience the MJ era like live. Mm. Uh, I mean, I think it obviously had a negative light in certain aspects of Michael Jordan. And I think, that's, I think it was beautiful in that aspect because it was raw. Uh, the only thing that I think was a little unfair was uh, I think there were some people who didn't get to defend themselves or that would maybe, maybe have been, uh, you know, he spoke about or uh, he, you know, he, he came out about. So I think that part was kind of iffy, but I love how raw it was. I love that he, it seemed like he was honest. Uh, he showed, uh, he showed emotions. Uh, the behind the scenes was beautiful.
0: Like uh, that was a, my favorite part. I, it's such a
1: great thing, yeah.
0: It's so good to see behind the scenes. Is just what everyone dreams about knowing. Just you know, being in that room or listening, getting a conversation, what it was like, and just you know, playing quarters with his security detail and stuff like that. Like you never, I never knew about that, and just you see how much he just wanted to be, kind of. Soak up the normality because outside of those closed-in areas, it was just he had to be on all the time because he was Michael Jordan.
1: Yeah, and it, and to me, I didn't notice Scotty Pippen' injury situation in that detail personally. To be honest, uh,
0: I, I I mean I was a little kid when this stuff was happening, so I wasn't you know into it as older fans. But I yeah. I had no idea, and the contract disputes and.
1: And how much money he was making overall was, uh, that was ridiculous. Oh, man.
0: Yeah, it's very, very insightful. Uh, So for those of you who haven't watched it, it's on Netflix. Go watch it. Spend 10 hours of your life being consumed by 90s culture and what uh, the world was going through.
1: They are, Um, they are working on a, I don't know if you know, Dwayne Wade had recently mentioned it on a podcast uh, with JJ Redick that uh, they're like, I think they're almost like they're shooting uh, a documentary very similar for the 2008 uh, uh, dream team with, you know, quotations, the the Olympic team. So I'm really excited for that to come out and see, you know, some footage with that. And, you know, it'd be, and obviously it's a touchy subject, but I just love to say anything about Kobe. Like, you know, just, yeah. You, you hear all these stories about his work ethic and the type of person he was and a teammate and the leader. And that's something I'm super, super excited about just to see some more Kobe.
0: You know, based on seeing how much of a work ethic and how you know people called it just, you know, MJ's work ethic, some people didn't get it. Some people thought it was too harsh. And, but, you know, that's what it took to win. And I think really Kobe was the next one to really take that in and use it to win that many championships. So I, I think Kobe, it's hard to say if he's, I, he might even be better in, you know, he could be the number two.
1: It's, it's, it's all, uh, it's all open for, it's one of those things when I discuss uh, rankings with anybody I, I stop discussing if they think what they're saying is the only correct answer. You mm. know, I think it's very open, and I don't. It, there's so much talent that, however you list it, I don't think you could go wrong. You know, no. as long as you're being reasonable, and you're not, you know, you're not. Doing so much <laughs> there. But it's you can look at it so because we all prefer different play styles, we all value different things. Uh, you know. Uh, like some people would say, they take Kobe to win a game, but LeBron to win uh, if they want to have a successful season. Like there's, you know, different things like that. So it all depends on what you value as a player, as a fan, uh, and all that.
0: Yeah, I mean, and you can't, like you mentioned before, the different eras. So the Wilt Chamberlains, the Dr. J's, the, the, you know, the Larry Birds just before. So they're, they're a different time. you you can make arguments for for anyone
1: oh absolutely if if you know you have to take errors into consideration because if not how is Wilt not the greatest player exactly
0: he scored like 100
1: yeah his averages his averages were crazy but you have to consider the era what was the the level of competition all that stuff that's going on and then that's why same way you still can't compare mj and lebron that much because it is a different era it is uh you know, you had have, you have so much more, uh, you know, seven foot players in the paint back then compared mm-hmm. to what you do now. It's, so, and you can't tell me, oh, but Jordan is not a great three-point shooter. But he didn't grow up in the era where a three-point shot, you know, was, you know, is the, was the most common shot in the NBA. I'm sure he would have made a part of his game knowing his worth, ethic. think. He, he was playing his style of basketball in that era. The same way, you know, Curry is playing his style of basketball in this era.
0: Oh, definitely. He, the, the three point shot, I think became even more relevant with Curry and seeing how valuable you just keep shooting it and how much it can, you know, the points total just keep going up. So I think people that it's kind of been the wave, you know, the three point wave. And then you start to hear people be like, Oh, should we add a four point line? And you get those discussions and it, the teams, Oh, we need the small guy, the shooter. Uh, and then now some teams are like, oh, well, let's put in a big man again and feed it down low. And you get the these waves and just coaches trying to manipulate uh, how the players are coming through in the systems and uh, how to get one up on everyone else every year.
1: Well, yeah, like it's easy to say. You could say Curry may not be – I mean, Curry is not a top five player of all time, but – believe it or not, his influence to the game might be top five all time. He single-handedly changed the way basketball has been played because you knew if you face their team, you can't trade two for for threes. You will lose the game. And you look at the Orlando Magic when they went to the finals, they were probably shooting the most threes per game back then. And uh, now that team would probably rank last. And that is strictly because of – the Curry and the Clay, you know, that concept, that team that Splash Bros created. Houston tried to, you know, rebuild that mm. format. Uh, even teams with LeBron, that Cleveland team was putting up crazy threes from Kevin Love to Kyrie to Kyle Cole. Like It's everyone had to match the three-point game or you, you, you couldn't beat them. He changed the entire era of basketball. Whether you like him or not, he's a top five, uh, you know, most influential player when it comes to impacting the game and changing it.
0: Well, how... You know, no one talked about Golden State for the long time, long, long time. Golden State was that, you know, almost circle on the calendar, almost guaranteed win for many years. I remember growing up and then uh, they won that one with Baron Davis, the one playoff series. And it was just, yes, a, yeah, it was just like, oh, man. And everyone was kind of like, oh, yeah, good for them. And then they went away again.
1: Well, like, it actually, it's good that you bring that up because that kind of gives you somewhat of what that upset in March Madness is like, right? Mm-hmm. Think about how excited we were as basketball fans when that happened. And they're an NBA team that we know. They're professional players. So that kind of goes on what we were saying about March Madness. But, you yeah, know, that, that was, what was their slogan? It was, we believe, or something like that. that yeah, was,
0: something like that.
1: that. Yeah. And that, that team had some... Uh, like straight killers, and this concept of like they don't fear anything. They had Stephen Jackson, I think. They had some guys who don't back down from nobody, and that's a big part of the game.
0: Well, and they had what uh, Richardson there, uh, who yeah. won the slam dunk competition. That's the only way that they would have a Golden State player was he kept competing in the slam dunk competition and winning. <laughs> so it it's just so funny how in a ten year period how people were kind of like, oh look, it's Golden State, like that's cute too oh, man, we have to play Golden State again in the finals. Like, they're going to win.
1: Yeah, but that comes with uh, not only obviously drafting well, because OKC drafted well, but it comes with an <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> <with a laughs> owner, owner that's willing to spend some money. Like, you lost James Harden over a $5 million contract dispute. He wanted $5 million more. You weren't willing to pay him $5 million more, and you traded him away for Kevin Martin and whoever else it was? And here you are now like you need and you know, bad owners. It's crazy the influence they have on a team. You know, like you got to spend money. Like, I don't know, man, that golden state is a perfect example. They draft a will and they spent money. OKC is the perfect example of drafting even better. I think they drafted even better and that's given, but spent no money. And then, you know, you have the guys like the Knicks. well, I guess they try to spend money. No one just wants to go there. (laughs) (laughs) And they don't draft well. And they it. don't
0: draft well. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, we'll have to have you on again as we get closer and in, deeper into the, uh, to the playoffs. Uh, let's actually do a, a score check because I don't know what the score is.
1: Who do you have, who do you have uh, winning the whole thing if you have to give me one person? One team? <sighs> wow the 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 lakers won by 23 i think
0: uh that i you know me wanting i want portland to win just again it's the story um i mean i think uh dame lillard is just a fantastic player he's dictated that uh milwaukee also won so that series is tied uh yeah, Orlando
1: students. always does that, though. They always win that first game, even last year against the oh. Raptors.
0: They always find a – yeah, uh, they're just in a, a – they're stalling, right? I don't know what they're doing.
1: They're, they're kind of like what I was talking about with the Raptors, where they're kind of relevant enough for the fans to have hope. But the only difference is the Raptors actually peaked eventually after a few games. <laughs> they just haven't peaked at all.
0: I, I mean, that's the thing. Sometimes you have to fail a little bit – Because having, you know, it's it's harder to draft those depending on the draft year. Those middle first round players, it's harder to draft in that middle when you, you know, when you need that little bit more influence. Something that you get in a first ten pick usually. It's yeah.
1: Uh, You have a like my last question. I'll make it easier for you. Is give me a dark horse in the a dark horse in the east and a dark horse in the dark horse in the west.
0: So, ooh,
1: what would be? I wouldn't say they're a dark horse, but, like, Miami is not a bad pick, even though they're not, you know, Celtics, Raptors, or uh, the Bucks.
0: I think, yeah, I mean, they've been able to, to handle Indiana. I mean, why not? They have, like, Andre Iguodala. They have players who have been successful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in the West, I mean, my heart kind of goes to, to Portland, but uh, I, I like Dallas, too. I think yeah. they have a good thing going with them.
1: It's a shame that Portland and Dallas both got a Clippers-Lakers uh, I know early. But, yeah, no, I, I, I honestly, I have some money on Portland with somebody else currently. Uh, I kinda, I'm kind of riding their uh, hot streak, so we'll see how that goes.
0: Yeah. It, I mean, it, there was never – those series in particular, there wasn't going to be a sweep either yeah. way I thought uh so I mean you just sometimes you just have to wear the the higher team down and take advantage of their mistakes when they are tired and win four games
1: that's all you have to do well Dallas Dallas could should kind of be up to zero if it wasn't for that ejection oh that was garbage yeah and that's one thing about the like the this like this current NBA uh it's it's I don't understand this whole flagrant and uh you know, flagrant one, flagrant two, ejection, just because, you know, you make a play. There was a there was a game for the Raptors, I think. They were playing Miami in the bubble. Someone swiped for the ball but missed the ball because the player moved it and ended up hitting the player's, like, eye. And that was a flagrant. He's making a play for the ball. The ball moved. It's like, it, it's so, it's, it ruins the game. I, I can't stand that. It's, yeah, it's... I, you, I, you protect I underst- players to a point yeah they're
0: trying to protect and make it safe but you have to understand uh, a basketball move or like you can be able to turn if the player makes a fist and goes to punch yeah. the ball that's not a basketball move and then punches the but if yeah you're swiping obviously the player with the ball isn't going to be like oh yes please swipe at yeah, the ball. yeah
1: absolutely i'm going <laughs> to
0: protect it oh you hit me because i'm trying to put my body in front of it
1: yeah um no but I was, as, as you were saying uh like i appreciate you having me and uh if you ever you know as the playoffs get deeper i would i would love to be back and discuss some more actual playoff basketball as well as yes. things unravel and uh maybe we have an upset by then so
0: maybe we're just getting in the thick of it the eighth Definitely. games were just an appetizer uh so Keon, thank you so much for uh coming on the podcast and uh we'll uh talk to you soon
1: my pleasure uh Speak to you soon, man. See you later.
0: Thank you, Keon, so much for coming on the podcast. Always good to hear from you. Uh super excellent insight, and we'll definitely have you back once the NBA playoffs get deeper and crazier. I'm sure there'll be some crazy upsets we need to discuss. But that's gonna do it for this episode of the Sports Unite podcast. Calling all trivia heads out there, we are going to be doing a trivia contest, trivia competition. So the more of you that sign up, the funner it's going to be. Funner is a word, let me tell you. So let us know on our social media pages, Sports United Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, Sports United Pod 1 on Twitter. Share us on those social media platforms. Get your friends involved. Get them signed up. It's going to be a heck of a competition. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, And the more of you that participate, the funner it is. See, there's no other word to use other than funner. Also, we're going to be having a contest. We're coming up on episode 25. So if you want to win a cool prize pack, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, Please like us because you're going to need to be on the social media pages to find out what the contest is. Share us. Get your friends involved. Let us know who you want to hear, what sports you want to hear from. We have some exciting leagues that we're going to be doing deep dives on, sports that, for me, I didn't know existed. So it's going to be interesting to learn and let you learn about it. We have an interesting comparative uh, between student-athletes coming up. Then we're going to be doing our Olympic event. So, so much is coming up. And I guess I'll have my brother on. You can hear us uh complain at each other talk a little football uh it'll be uh like you're listening back home if you miss your family so uh it'll be good so thank you so much for joining us this week have a good week enjoy all the playoff hockey the playoff basketball other sports the cpl the mls get outside play some playstation xbox switch uh get out there play with your friends safely of course we're still in social distancing but we're in this together and soon we'll be able to unite all together in person watch participate play and enjoy sports the way we love to do it and that is together so stay safe love each other give each other virtual hugs and never forget to sport on